Hi, this is Bill Wills. And I'm Mike Snyder. Thanks for checking out Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. We're around daily, 5 to 9, news, sports, traffic and weather on the 10s. Mike, a lot of going on, right? Yeah, there always is. And we've got the latest in sports. Of course, what's going on with the Tribe, what may be happening with the Cavs and the Browns. And then, of course, we have the news and we get you around town with traffic on the 10s. Be sure to follow us here on the podcast and get the episode each and every day. And join us if you can on Twitter. I'm Bill Wills at WTAM 1100. And I'm at Snyder. 1100. Today's Wills and Snyder in Cleveland's Morning News. Glad to have you with us. News you can use on your money with the latest this morning from Bloomberg. Bloomberg Money update dropped all up this morning, 362. Price to beat per gallon of gas. More on your money at WTAM.com. Keyword money. Trending. Speaking of money, going to cost more to ship stuff with the Postal Service scooter? Yeah, we're about, what, three months away to Turkey Day, you know, getting close in the holiday season and Christmas season and sending out those packages. Well, you're going to fork up a little bit more money. We'll get to that with trending coming up. Latest on the Browns, Guardians 2 with Mike Snyder Sports. The uh, Guardians with that sweep in Detroit, although it took 10 yesterday to do it. Traffic and weather together on the 10s here first at 510. Good morning, Pat Butler. Good morning, Bill. Next traffic update in nine minutes at 520. Pat Butler, WTAM traffic on 1100 AM and 106.9 FM. All right, beautiful day. Cleveland 3 News meteorologist Holly Strano says sun clouds mix 70s. Clear tonight. Sun clouds mix through the weekend, too, and be in the 70s. Should be really nice. Out on Lake Erie, north wind 5 to 15 knots, waves 1 to 3, becoming a foot or less. Saturday, one foot or less on the waves. Water temp off Cleveland, by the way, at 75. Be safe if you're heading out on the boat. I got to 57 right now at your severe weather station. Thanks for listening to Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Check in throughout the day on WTAM 1100. Little rap devil from Machine Gun. Big night tomorrow night. Uh, Machine Gun Kelly, the mainstream sellout tour. Errol uh, Levine, Travis Barker, Willow, 44 Phantom. Just a few of the friends that will join Machine. <laughs> Bugsy Siegel going to be there? Bugsy will show up too, probably. <laughs> and Meyer Lansky. Show starts at 5 o'clock at First Energy Stadium. Al Capone. Huge night tomorrow night downtown. The weather looks fabulous for that, too. So. Uh, going, we'll see you there. Snipes and I are going. Looking forward to it. Yeah. Mike's got more on the uh, Browns and the Guardians coming up. First, trending this morning, Wills and Snyder Facebook, WillsandSnyder.com. We're going to pay more to ship stuff through the post office, huh? Yes, we are. And here is 10 Tampa Bay. Sending packages over the holidays could cost you a little more this year. The U.S. Postal Service plans to temporarily increase its rates during the peak holiday season. USPS says that price increase will cover handling costs. It still has to be approved, and if it is, it would start October 2nd, and it would last through mid-January 2023, getting those returns in, too. Yeah, well, you better start mailing them out. Uh, there's, I know people already that Christmas shop already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Year-round, people are seeing oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. yeah that. Mindy does that. Yeah, Just sure does. send it out in September. <laughs> yeah. Ship now. Right. Ship now. All right. Thanks, Scoot. You're welcome. That's up there. 515 coming up. Rory O'Neill on more of what happened yesterday with the A.G. Garland on the raid and the documents and all involving former President Trump. So we'll sort through that with Rory coming up in five. On News Radio, WTAM 1100, 515 Sports. A lot going on with our teams this morning. Here's Mike Snyder. That is the case, Bill. First off, how about those Guardians? The pitch swung on. Lined in the right center. It's a base hit. Gonzalez has done it again. Ramirez will score, and the Guardians are back on top four to three. 
And that came in the 10th inning after the Guardians squandered a 3-1 lead in the 9th. They get that go-ahead run there, and then Brian Shaw comes on. He gets the save as a, out of necessity. Emmanuel Classe, James Karinchek, they both had to get a day off, and the Guardians found a way to win as they go now to a five-game winning streak, and into Toronto they go in first place by a game and a half now over the Twins. The Guardians begin the series tonight at 7.07. Cal Quantrill will get the call. The Guardians right now, one of these stories, since the middle of July, they have the best record in the American League. Well, this could be decision day for Deshaun Watson, who is slated to start at quarterback tonight when the Browns open the preseason at Jacksonville. Watson and the Players Union have been talking to the league about a settlement. Now, Watson would be willing to accept an eight-game suspension and a $5 million fine. Now, we've heard what Roger Goodell, the commissioner, wants, which is a minimum full year, and barring a settlement, the man in the middle is Peter Harvey, who will have to make a decision if there is no decision made. Now, at one point earlier this summer, the league offered Deshaun Watson a 12-game suspension with a $10 million fine, which was turned down. So Watson willing to accept an eight-game ban. It's time to make a decision, and from what I've heard, they really want to try to get this thing done today. So we'll see if something does come down by the start of tonight's game, which could actually impact whether Watson even plays. Now, according to Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com, if Watson's suspension is increased significantly from six, the Browns would consider signing Jimmy Garoppolo, a quarterback who is very much available. In fact, the 49ers at some point are just going to release him. So a lot of moving parts here. The Browns and Jaguars, 7 o'clock kickoff. More on the Browns in a moment. The preseason play last night saw Baltimore beat Tennessee 23-10. to You know, the Ravens have won 21 in a row in the preseason. And we know these games don't mean anything, uh, but Baltimore c- continues to win those games that don't even count. The Giants beat the Patriots 23-21. to Mitch Trubisky will be the Steelers starter in their preseason opener against Seattle. In Carolina, Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield will each play a quarter in their opener tomorrow against Washington. No decision has been made there as to who will be the starter, but reporters are saying Baker Mayfield seems to have the lead. And a great move by the NBA yesterday. The league will retire Bill Russell's number six league-wide first player in league history to have that uh, done, and he certainly earned that for his uh, career, both on and off the floor. NBA schedule is expected to be released one week from today. Home of the Guardians and the Cavs, Mike Snyder, WTAM Sports. This Browns training camp report is brought to you by Hofbra House. The party's always brewing at Hofbra House. Well, there may be a question mark as to who will be under center, but there's no question that the Browns have a new center this year. In his third year, Nick Harris takes over for J.C. Treader, who is no longer with the team. Nothing different. I'm just, you know, approaching every day, trying to get better, thinking thinking a couple things uh, every day to, you know, improve and, um, you know, try and just bring this, bring the group, to, uh, the O-line, the offense all together. So we well, Harris is the man in the middle of a line that is certainly one of the team's strong points with guards Joel Batonio and Wyatt Teller and tackles Jed Wills and Jack Conklin. Browns-Jaguars, 7 o'clock kickoff in Jacksonville tonight. With today's training camp report, I'm Mike Snyder. More in-depth on what played out yesterday in southwest Ohio. Subject was to be armed with body armor, fired several shots at officers. Once the vehicle came to a, to a stop, a gunfire was exchanged between officers on scene and the suspect. 
Any threats made against law enforcement, including the men and women of the FBI, uh, as with any law enforcement agency, are, are deplorable and dangerous. Rory O'Neill going back over what we know from yesterday. So this guy showed up at, what, the equivalent of the, the FBI office in Cincinnati first? Uh, that was first, right. The visitor's screening facility shows up with a nail gun and a rifle, and uh, it's, an alarm is sounded, and the FBI agents, who are obviously in the building, were quick to respond, uh, and he speeds away from the scene in his Crown Vic. And they chase him north on 71 to near Wilmington, and then it, there was a standoff for several hours, right? Yeah, it went on for hours, uh, finally wrapping up. I think it was about quarter of four Eastern time uh, that there was a final confrontation when the police took the man out. They tried to negotiate him with him, tried to negotiate a peaceful surrender. Uh, now the focus is on this man's history. Uh, multiple agencies have described or identified him as Ricky Schiffer. Uh, he may have been there January 6th, according to some of the posts that seem to be from him on that Truth Social Network. All right, let's go to Washington. The AG was speaking yesterday about this raid at Mar-a-Lago and the documents and all. It, it sounds like Garland was a bit upset that former President Trump was being so critical of the FBI going in there. Well, there was that, and of course, obviously, you know, days on the talk shows, on the cable news channels talking about this, and a lot of pressure for the AG, President Biden, you know, out of the area, he's on vacation, so it sort of all fell on his lap. Then you got uh, this incident in at the FBI office that may have been uh, an attack connected to the FBI's actions at Mar-a-Lago, so yeah, I think he felt compelled to speak yesterday, announcing that they will ask the court to unseal that search warrant that was executed on Monday. Rory O'Neill, the O'Neill file this morning. Good work all week. Thanks. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Bill. Take care. 524, coming up. I'll talk to an attorney on the Fox News hotline, uh, Dominique Romano. Always enjoy our chance with him. He's standing by. A couple lawsuits this week, including in Tennessee, suing Walgreens over the opioid crisis, and another lawsuit involving fees that colleges were charging, even though even though the students were online because of the pandemic. Your job. Now, here's some breakfast for your brain. Bill Wills, a couple legal stories have caught my eye, and we always appreciate the time of Dominic Romano kind of walk us through some of these things that we're seeing on our smartphone or a few of the headlines to try and make sense of them. Hey, Dominic, good morning. Appreciate the time. Good morning. All right. Uh, COVID changed so many things, including the way college business was done uh, when it comes to learning and uh, going online and not being in class. But they were still charging full price, I guess. So uh, a couple parents noticing this. I'm not sure about the kids. But to the point where Florida State, they had to go to court about this. What's the latest on this thing? Yeah, there are several lawsuits actually all over the country. Some of them have been uh, certified as class actions. Well, the students are saying, or the parents of the students are saying, look, we didn't get what we bargained for. We paid for in-person tuition. A lot of these schools are very expensive. We didn't, we didn't get that. Yeah. Uh, we got online learning. And the schools are saying, look, force majeure, act of God, we did our best. Some of the schools offered 10% reduction, some of the larger schools. Some offered no reduction whatsoever. Now, some of the schools, believe it or not, are arguing that it was more expensive to provide the technology to bring the professors into the students' homes via Zoom and other. Um, but but the, interestingly, the lawsuits, the resolutions have been pretty much split um, around the country, 50-50 uh, with uh, about 50 to 65% getting certified as class actions. If they do get certified, chances are typically high that they settle. So you might see a settlement in this case. Um, the strongest argument that the students have is breach of contract. This is not what they bargained for. Um, but the university's defense is, as I said, force majeure, act of God, we did our best. 
this is it. And the schools are looking for revenue. I mean, they they kind of like a business. They're saying, wait a minute, we had you know we had budgeted you're going to pay us this amount, and we need that money regardless. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, one other story, and some of this has played out in well, it's played out in every state as far as the the, the opioid uh, problem and the crisis. And here in Ohio, we had the big. Uh, class action uh, suit that was uh, was being heard uh, out of Tennessee this week they were suing Walgreens accusing them of, of playing a part in this crisis right absolutely they're saying uh, the attorney general of Tennessee is suing Walgreens for failing to take action failing to notice repeated red flags uh, in, the, in the processing of those prescriptions uh, for several patients and the amount 1.1 billion opioids um, prescribed by Walgreens in Tennessee or 175 pills for every man woman and child in Tennessee staggering wow wow and that's that's the court case interesting it's just but uh bad part of uh, history here when it comes to this opioid problem and uh, families trying to recover in in, in many different ways. All right, Dominic, uh, good info as always. Thanks for your time and analysis. Have a good day. My pleasure. Coming up, your Guardians in Toronto for the weekend. And right now, I guess Deshaun's going to start tonight. Mike Steiner's got your sports on the way. Hey, first, holiday travel. You normally head somewhere over the holidays. Should we maybe be looking at your airfare like this weekend? Nicole Wilson's going to answer that question. So, it's uh, middle of August, but you're saying I might want to take a look at some flights to get out of here over the holidays? You want to start taking a look at those flights, at least watching them. We're going to see those flight prices start to come down as we kind of transition out of the summer into the fall. Come September, those flights should be fairly low, particularly for December travel. So if you're looking to fly during the Christmas holiday season, you'll want to have that flight booked early because the fewer people on, when there are fewer people on the plane, the prices are lower. As those planes fill up, the prices go up. That they do. Now, here's another thing. If you traditionally, and a lot of families, of course, traditionally do a Thanksgiving or a Christmas trip and they're flying someplace, it, it could well be with you know, I keep hearing all these flights being canceled. That regular, you know, two o'clock flight to Orlando you count on the Thursday before Christmas is it may not be scheduled this year. Listen, what we know is it was a travel disaster this summer, right? To your point, all the cancellations, all the delays because of overbooked planes and staff shortages. But the airlines started scaling back on their schedule, cutting certain cities out. I am going to cross my fingers and hope with everything in me that they take these few months to get their scheduling under control. And. The real frustration, most flights anymore, you know, you got to connect. There are hardly any directs. You know, there's some locations you can fly direct, but you're just you're just under the uh, under the whim or the luck sometimes, just trying to make a connection anymore, Nicole. You really are because, like we said, you, you know, you get from your uh, initial city to a, a spot where you have a layover, and then you start to experience, you know, those cancellations and delays all over again. So it's just been a headache. It really has. Yeah. Hey, listen. Everybody knows that from staff because of the staff shortages, demand for travel picked up much quicker than the airlines could shore up their staff. And so uh, we don't think they're going to be fully staffed by the holiday season. We think those shortages will go into next year. But hopefully the, they've, they've learned to manage the scheduling. All right. Uh, people's schedules are changing. you got families. Kids are heading back to school. This weekend might be a good weekend to check out some of those flights to plan that holiday travel. Good info. All right. Nicole Wilson, thanks. Hope you have a good weekend. You too. 
on your money and what you owe when it comes to medical debt. News Radio WTAM 1100. This is Bill Wills. Jordan Goodman joins me at MoneyAnswers.com. So there's the topic. How can you save us? Huge bills out there. Um, people are, Obviously, people had COVID bills. Uh, but uh, there's something like $400 billion worth of medical debt out there. Wow. And uh, the hospitals and doctor's office, they can be pretty aggressive in trying to collect yeah, on that. Sure. It's a real, real problem for a lot of people. So there's a whole world of people out there who are called healthcare advocates who work on your behalf to cut the bills 20, 30, 50%, something like that, sometimes even more than that. The first thing they do is they actually look into the bill detail and find in many cases you were overcharged, you were double-charged, there's all kinds of errors. They charged you $80 for an aspirin, you know, things like that, ridiculous kind of stuff. So they kind of pare it down to what it actually should be. And then they negotiate because the medical providers would rather get something than nothing. So they'll often settle for 40 cents of the dollar, 50 cents of the dollar, whatever right. it may be. Right. Uh, but this is not something the average individual is at all equipped to negotiate with a hospital or something like that. So the, my favorite one's based in Philadelphia. It's called Healthcare Advocates. Their website, healthcareadvocates.com. And they've done this for like 30 years. They negotiate with all the major healthcare providers and save you tons of money that you can never do on your own. This is one of the biggest debts hanging over people. You've just been sick. You've had an operation. The last thing you need to be do is negotiate with your sure. hospital or sure. medical providers to try to get those debts down. So they're experts that do it for you. Maybe that can help some of your folks who might have some medical debt. Well, yeah, you see a big medical bill. You know, the the the, the actual insurance companies are negotiating all the time. And uh, oh, they do. But they're good over. at it. Yeah, it's up. Yeah, it's up to you. Yeah. All right. One more time. That site. So it's called healthcareadvocates.com. Uh, they're based in Philadelphia, okay. and they've helped loads of people save. Literally tens of thousands of dollars on the medical bills. Good help, uh, good people trying to help you out. Uh, Jordan Goodman is at MoneyAnswers.com. Uh, more tips uh, like what we just talked about, you'll find at his site. Follow him on Twitter, too, at Jordan Goodman. Jordan, thanks much. All right, thank you, Bill. Trending this morning, you know, we're all tired of this pandemic and COVID and all. <laughs> Sounds like the CDC is, too. This is Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Here's what's trending at WTAM.com. Did you see this yesterday? They've kind of loosened things up. On the, with, no, I have on not. The, with what they want you to do, right? So, oh, yeah. The CDC. This kind of caught me off guard. They're ending the quarantine, the social distancing recommendations, but not the mask, though. All right. So, this They're is. recommendations. Yes. This okay. is KITV in Hawaii. All right. Try and make sense of this. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention updated its COVID 19 guidelines today, dropping the recommendation for Americans to social distance and quarantine. The CDC is saying people no longer need to stay at least six feet away from others and Americans no longer have to quarantine if they come into close contact with an infected person. These changes come more than two and a half years after the start of the pandemic and are driven by the recognition that an estimated 95% of Americans aged 16 and older have acquired some level of immunity. The new CDC recommendations apply to everyone in the U.S., but these changes could be particularly important for schools as classes are set to resume this month in many parts of the country. So Cuyahoga County is still under uh, one of these these higher levels of spread. There's mm -hmm. still the, the mask mandate in the, right. in the, in the buildings. In the, county, in the county buildings, guild, you've got to, right? Okay. right. So the CDC yesterday basically comes out and says, look, you know, we're finally at that herd uh, immunity, which yes. is what they talked about the whole time. Right. Enough people got to get it to get rid of it. Right. And so now we're up to 95% of people that have Let's, something in their body. They got the vaccine. Right. They got it. So the CDC's like, ah, okay, whatever. Well, most stores that you go into are different 
places of maybe a business they don't have the markings on the floors anymore where you had a stand right. and all that you all know that the stuff. six well, feet and yeah and the distance <laughs> but you know the cdc threw in the towel on this that's the but, way it but, sounds but not the mask they still they still recommend uh, that the, that the, the, the mask thing. right but the as far as uh, quarantining when you come in contact with somebody and all that i mean you can read it's for yourself wilson center facebook is yes. up there but it's just you know it, for it goes back to people who were against what the CDC was saying the whole time. This gives them more fuel. Well, see, now they just pulled everything. I mean, they know it doesn't work. I mean, come on, we got nine. Most of the country had COVID, so let's, you know, right. what do we stop things for? So now you got that excuse in case you get into it with somebody. Yeah, we wasted store. two and a half years. I mean, hey, come the on. CDC said the CDC I don't have to distance, have to distance anymore. anymore. You know, I mean, it's just the whole thing's just been screwed. Oh, it has. Screwy, it's been so conflicting, screwy. you know? Exactly. It really, you just, Still. Yeah, Still you know, it was 10 days, it was 5, you know. Uh, and now, yeah, whatever. And now, whatever. Move on. Crazy. They threw in the towel. All right, 6.20 the time. You can see that story. Wilson Center, Facebook page. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. With reports from Fox News throughout the morning on WTAM 1100. Best Browns coverage. Preseason game one in Jacksonville tonight. Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside. Best Browns coverage. Fred Griefen, senior analyst for the Browns. 24-7 sports. CBS. Orange and Brown report, of course. Joins us this morning. Fred, good morning to you. Hey, good morning, guys. It's here. It's here. Let's get right to the Watson story. As you tweeted and word came out yesterday, the Watson camp at least floating the idea of uh, accepting eight games and five million bucks. So is that going to go or, or not? What do you think, Fred? Yeah, I think it's too little, too late. I think the NFL has made up their mind. Uh, Roger Goodell has spoke openly, you know, and you're supposed to have kind of a hearing or a uh, a process going on it kind of you know when the po- the guy who appointed you to make the decision is hearing um what he wants it's kind of hard to think that it's going to go any way other than what the nfl wants you know but fred as i heard as i learned about this yesterday though it does indicate to me maybe harvey the 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 the, the designee who's going to make the decision maybe he's waited though for the sides to maybe try to work out a settlement because i don't think anybody i don't think the nfl wants a, a long-going court matter which could be the case if indeed the full suspension of a year or more is given watson yeah i i the only thing there is you hope that maybe Watson's camp floated that, hoping to settle for something, maybe a little, you know, give a little more or something. But um, it is a a little chess match, in my opinion, because the Browns don't usually amount or announce things. And they announced that Watson was going to start tonight's game, knowing full well that the NFL, if they suspend him for indefinitely or a year, he can't play in the game. So, it's almost like, hey, make your decision so we can move on and know what's going on. So that is the difference. If it would be a year suspension, he wouldn't be allowed to be in the preseason. But if it's like less, like initially the six games, he would have been able to, or as he is right now, to this point, he's been able to participate in all the practices. But if he gets a year, then he can't do anything more even in the preseason. Is that right? Exactly. In fact, if he gets suspended indefinitely today, he has to leave. He cannot play in the game, and he is he is done until he's reinstated. But if he gets a finite amount of games, even if it's 14, he can practice all the way up and play in the preseason until August 30th when the team makes their final cuts to 53. So, as far as that goes, it is a big difference. So it looks like today is going to be the day, doesn't it? 
I would think so. I mean, <laughs> because if they really do not want him on the field, because I don't think they want him on ESPN or NFL Network highlights and so forth, you wouldn't think you would let him play in tonight's game. And, and if they don't make the decision today, then he will not, you know, he will, he will play tonight. Uh, hard to put the watching story to the side, but if we could, what are you watching for tonight, at least when the starters are on the field, Fred? Well, I have a story, yeah, on what the look of it's, it's Watson and everything else, but yeah. I think you got to take a look at Jacoby Brissett. They have to also try to get him ready because any way this goes, he's going to be your starter pretty much, you know, the opening part, maybe the full season. Then you got the defensive tackles. Those are the two positions they didn't have bring back nine of the 11 starters from last year on defense. So you want to see if Jordan Elliott is really what the coaches have talked about. And then you also want to look at the wide receivers. You know, is David Bell, Anthony Schwartz able to bounce back? And are they going to be able to be that third and fourth receiver? Fred, what do you think, though, if indeed Watson starts, let's say he plays, you bring Brissett in, but you don't want to keep your ones out there too long. Do you want to put Brissett out there with the second guys? That's probably what's going to happen. I, I would think Watson would play, you know, a bit, and and then, but but they said the starters would only play a little bit. So you would think that's a series or two, and then you're going to bring in Brissett with the with the second team. Mm. So I don't know if he'll play a whole lot tonight. I think they're still kind of waiting for the decision, and I really think they'll make the pivot. Unless they're forced today, the pivot will be next week because the Eagles are coming in to practice with the Browns Thursday and Friday before the game. And Stefanski handled that last year with the Giants. Is That was almost the game. And then when they got to the game, the starters didn't play. So I expect Brissett to handle most everything next week. Best Browns coverage, Fred Greetham, 7 o'clock. Channel 5's got it for you from Jacksonville. Fred, thanks much. All right, guys. Take care. Uh, a lot of Browns fans posting on Twitter, and I love this one from Heather. I retweeted this. Nothing says, quote, we appreciate you spending thousands of dollars on our team like cheap hats and a license plate. That was the gift, I guess, for Brown season ticket holders this year. There's this goofy-looking cheap hat. Oh, boy. And this uh, little plastic. Oh. Uh, yeah, a lot of Browns fans were like, really? Really? Well, I mean, that, it's, that's all you got? This, is, this got. has been unprecedented. This These last, what, March to, to now. You can't throw a coupon in there for Pilot Flying <laughs> J, 50 bucks and free yeah, gas or anything like that? So, uh, all right, we'll see. Make something play out today. Make sure you follow the yeah. sites on Twitter at Snyder1100. And uh, something could break on Deshaun and the uh, situation today. Two minutes till seven. Picking up the pieces of yesterday and building a new day. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder on WTAM 1100 and 106.9 FM. What's new to watch? How to watch it this weekend? Bringing our movie guy, Kevin Carr, fatguysatthemovies.com. Kevin, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. All right, we got a few that are uh, out, some new stuff if you want to uh, spend some time. Tell me first about Fall. Yeah, Fall is, uh, first of all, all these movies are kind of smaller films. You know, we've kind of reached the end of the blockbuster season this summer, so we're going to be sort of sliding into the fall, but there's still some interesting things out there. Fall is a thriller. It's about two women who decide to climb a, they're they're, they're sort of like adrenaline junkies, Mm -hmm. and they climb a 2,000-foot-tall 
uh, television tower uh, as sort of like their latest the latest thrill and uh, the, uh, the the ladder breaks and they get stuck up there and they have to figure out a way uh, if they can get down try and get somebody's attention because uh, they're so high up it's just, if they're remote and they, nobody knows where they are so uh, it starts off kind of almost like a horror movie and then it turns into a real thriller with them going up and scaling this tower which I mean it gave my it gave me tingles what. Uh, as a screener, I can't imagine what it's like watching it in the movie theater. Uh, and then it turns into a survival uh, drama. Uh, but it has enough stuff going on, and uh, maybe a little bit long for a movie. But uh, like I said, it's uh, it's impressively done uh, to to have that sort of uh, you know yeah. to sort of induce that sort of acrophobia in somebody. I saw the uh, the trailer here. You know, scared of heights. I mean, there's some shots when you're looking down. You're like, whoa. Yeah. Be yeah. Careful. All right. Uh, fallout this weekend. Okay, Pete Davidson, he's normally in the news because of a Kardashian, but he's in a yeah. uh, movie called Bodies, 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 also out. What's this thing about? Yeah, yeah, well, because I'm contractually obligated to not talk about the Kardashians, so we'll just talk <laughs> about this movie. Um, this is a, it's sort of a, 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 a satire horror movie, yeah. and it's about a group of uh, sort of Gen Z kids that are, well, sort of like young adults who are finding themselves at a big party right before a hurricane. And they're kind of nihilistic. They're just there to drink and, and party and everything. And they're playing a game that's kind of like a, sort of the best way to describe it is kind of like a live-action clue uh, where they're, you know, pretend somebody gets murdered. Uh, but when people do start dying, everybody starts to turn on each other and nobody knows who's <laughs> responsible. Uh, and uh, it, it, it's sort of, it's, it's a satirical horror film. So it's kind of a take on a slasher or uh, home invasion type movie, okay. but also cynically looking at uh, the generational side of things as well. Alright, bodies, bodies, bodies. And uh, one more you got for me, Mac and Rita. D Diane Keaton's in this thing too, right? Yeah, I'm impressive... Uh showing for Diane Keaton. Uh, it's a smaller independent comedy about a woman uh, who she's about 30. She's an influencer and she just kind of wants, she, she always sees herself as, a, as an old lady and not a young woman. And uh, she wakes up one day after, you know, getting a relax, relaxation treatment mm -hmm. and finds herself in her 70s. And uh, it's sort of like a, a take on big. Uh, so it is a little bit derivative oh, yeah. of that. Diane Keaton uh, really gives it her all to try and do this, but it's kind of a little unrestrained in this one. I wasn't a huge fan, but, uh, you know, maybe if you want this sort of lighthearted, uh, you know, different take on the big idea, okay. uh, you can enjoy it. A little light stuff for the uh, for that. Okay, Mac and Rita. Uh, Day Shift, the horror comedy directed by J.J. Perry's out on Netflix this weekend and Five Days at Memorial on Apple TV. It's based on, the, uh, on a book about Hurricane Katrina when it hit a local. So uh, that's out as well for you uh, this weekend on... Uh, on streaming on Apple TV Plus. Kevin Carr is at FatGuysAtTheMovies.com. More on him as well as the podcast. Check it out through there and uh, other movie news, except for the K-word that he doesn't talk about. <laughs> That's Ke right. Kevin, thank you. Have a good weekend. All right, entertainment news, names, notes trending this morning. Here's Jason Nathanson. Hey, Ball. I'm a pitcher, and you need me. The beloved film A League of Their Own is now a TV series. Out today on Amazon Prime Video, one of several new shows getting strong reviews. The other is Apple TV Plus's Hurricane Katrina hospital drama, Five Days at Memorial. One of the new movies this weekend. Cut next. 
cash a check. Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco star in the vampire action comedy Day Shift on Netflix and in theaters. Well, hello. I'm Max Aunt Rita. Diane Keaton stars in the body-switching comedy Mac and Rita and Summering is a coming-of-age drama. What up, what up? The longest-running cast member on Saturday Night Live got a star in the Hollywood Walk of Fame Thursday. Keenan Thompson told the crowd that he never expected any awards or special recognition. I do comedy. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's fun. So... <laughs> I don't really look at it as work, necessarily, but I do like to get up and get after it every single day. This upcoming season will be Thompson's 20th on SNL. And rapper Sir Mix-a-Lot is 59 today. Jason Nathanson, ABC News. Hollywood. There's an event this weekend, and I, I'm glad they're having it at Hale Farm and Village. There was a time when I thought these Civil War reenactments I, might be done. I went to one a couple of years ago down there. It's great. I think they're fascinating. And the folks staying in character? But, you know, a couple of years ago, we kind of took down all these uh, different images about the Civil War, and there was some talk about these things going away as well. But gladly, I think, uh, no. Uh, be a part of history. See it play out. Yeah, Hale Farm and Village. They've scheduled their Civil War reenactment. After a two-year hiatus because of the uh, what's been happening with the uh, with COVID and everything, so uh, this is uh, billed as Ohio's largest Civil War event, 10 a.m. to 5 tomorrow as well as Sunday, and you've been there. Yeah. So you you walk around and you see the uh, the, the North and the South, and they're in they're in character, right? Right. And they have the, the little village there. If you've been down there before, you know they've got the little village, and each building is going to be stocked with people staying in character. They will not break character. You can buy your reenactment stuff. I will suggest earplugs, because those cannons are really, cannons really go off, loud. Muzzle loaders and all that sort yep. of thing. Uh, historic figures will be presented. Dred Scott. I mean, a lot of education, um, which, uh, which is what this is about as well, of course. Uh, Mary Todd Lincoln. There'll be different performances for uh, Battleground uh, Buffs. The uh, recreation of the Battle of Brar's Farm will be staged. That marked the beginning of the Second Battle of Manassas back in August of 1862. So that'll be tomorrow as well as uh, Sunday at Hale Farm and Village, the uh, Civil War reenactment. Largest one in the state back after a couple of years off. 752 News Radio WTAM 1100. White House correspondent John Decker with me. John, I appreciate your time. If you can't, walk me through a couple things here uh, about Garland. Number one, why, why do we think he, he felt the need to come out? That was kind of unprecedented, wasn't it? It, it is unprecedented. Uh, typically, as you know, we've spoken about this uh, throughout the course of this week. Uh, the DOJ says we don't comment on ongoing investigations, and yesterday he broke with that president precedent. I think the reason being is because of all the criticism, all the pressure that was being leveled at the DOJ and leveled at the FBI. Also, for that matter, some of the conspiracy theories floating out there. I think he wanted to respond to that, and he did so in a very limited way, as we heard yesterday. Uh, and he also he also filed this motion to unseal that search warrant of the former president. So, so d d walk me through this. If 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 the DOJ wants it unsealed, if you will, Trump has no problem with it being unsealed. Then I would think a judge would unseal it. That is correct. And in fact, uh, we don't even have to go through the process of the judicial system. Why is that? Because uh, the former president and his lawyers have a copy of that warrant. They have a copy of the receipt. The inventory of items seized, they could have released it any day this week. We didn't have to go through the judicial process uh, and a motion filed by the DOJ to get here. But what that simply means, it seems like both sides are, are on the same page, and the federal judge that has oversight over this matter will likely unseal this search warrant, perhaps as early as today. Uh, finally, we expect what we see is totally separate from when President Trump was in front of the uh, the AG, the state AG up in New York this week. Is that, is that correct? Totally separate. Okay. This is a completely different matter. That was 
a civil case uh, that is uh, being prosecuted by the uh, attorney general for the state of New York having to do with the president's business practices. Uh, the search uh, by federal officials, federal law enforcement down at Mar-a-Lago, completely separate from that. White House correspondent John Decker, good work walking us through it. John, thanks. Have good. Thanks for being there. Now, next week, a conversation with Kyle Petty. Great book, Swerve or Die. Talks of NASCAR, the Petty family name, and his thoughts on the uh, the sport. Kyle Petty next week on Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Snyder. With reports from Fox News throughout the morning on WTAM 1100. On uh, Twitter, if you follow me, at Bill Wills WTAM, I retweeted a couple of pictures of, uh, I, I, I do not have Brown season tickets. And uh, a lot of fans who do were pretty upset. Uh, Heather posted this. Uh, Nothing says we appreciate you spending thousands of dollars on our team like cheap hats and a license plate cover for your season ticket member gift, Browns. I mean, they're getting ripped on social media. They're like a little cheap painter's hat uh, with the uh, the, the Browns. Um, yeah, that's kind of, that, that, that's a good way to describe yeah, it. Like a little yeah. cheap painter's hat with the with the Browns logo and all. And oh, then they've got the, uh, the the license plate. So, I, you know, some and people spend thousands of dollars and they're upset that that's the gift they got from that was it, huh? the Haslam's. I know, uh, uh, you know, a little extra from uh, a little gas cart or something from Pilot Flying J, nothing like that. And you pay thousands. I mean, you pay a lot of money for season tickets. So, yeah. Yeah. anyway, uh, costly too when it comes to going to any game, Mike Snyder. Any you know, game, NFL, any sport, MLB, right all yeah. that. Uh, and with the uh, National Football League preseason starting this week, of course, Browns in Jacksonville. Aaron Real joins us on a uh, on a study uh, that is out about the cost of going to games and the reality of just trying to get you know four together if you can on the same. At the same time, to agree to go to a game, just how much it costs. Aaron, what you got here? Yes, well over 500 And the Cleveland Browns, very popular, one of the most expensive franchises by 2025 to bring a family of four. So Betaway Sportsbook, they analyzed the increase in prices since 2019. And doing this, they were able to project the amount of money that you would have to pay for a ticket in 2025. Now, what they did is they looked at six different factors when they were – computing this data set, average mm-hmm. price of ticket, parking, beer, soft drink, hot dog, adult jersey. So you had a full day. The basics. The stadium. Yeah, the basics. The basics. But if you got all four together, you were able to talk to everyone. They all came together. The cost of a ticket by 2025 for and the overall price for the Cleveland Browns, the ticket is $185. The price for a family of four is $1,043.82. So if you want to go to a game, you better be ready to shell out a pretty penny by 2025. I don't know how families do it, but they do. Um, I guess you prioritize and you, you you do what you want. And if you're you're passionate about your team, you you go buy and you experience it. I know friends of mine that have season tickets. It's kind of like their vacation fund. That's what they you know they don't do Hilton Head or Myrtle Beach. They just do season tickets for the NFL. Exactly. And know what really shocked me about this? The, the when they broke down the different prices, yeah. the jersey cost. It's $218.35 for a jersey. That's a lot of money for a shirt. <laughs> Especially if the player's not going to be here after a year or two. Right? You know? Yeah. that's a, I, I, And I understand it's a big part of experiencing the game, wearing the jersey. But um, it's I, that, I was like, if you just omit the jersey, you can save a, a lot of money on, on a game. It, it seems very, very expensive. But it's kind of interesting because we all know that the NFL is one of the most lucrative sports organizations in the world. Now they only have thirty. Excuse me. They only have seventeen games a season and thirty-two teams, and we know salaries are super, super sure. costly. At least a hundred million. But they're trying to maximize the value of every seat, every parking space, every hot dog, 
And boy, are they doing it. It's the National Football League. They will squeeze every penny out of you. Every penny. All right, Aaron Real with the stats this morning. Aaron, thanks much. Thanks. Talk Guardians in Toronto for the weekend. Valley Sports. Jensen Lewis joins us. Bill Wills, Mike Snyder alongside. Morning, Jensen. Hey, morning, boys. How uh, are you? Good. Sweep, uh, obviously, with the uh, win in 10 yesterday, 4-3. Uh, let me start, though, by going back to Savali the other day. What do you think? Oh, my gosh, guys. That was a, a really nice boost uh, for the pitching staff. And, you know, he looked crisp. He, he looked in command of the fastball and the cut fastball. That was the, the one thing I had said on the pregame show. You, you want to be able to, to have that feel and that command right out of the shoot, and he did. And then, of course, uh, that great curveball that has been an, an awesome out pitch for him. So quality outing for him. Uh, and, Willsy, to be honest, a, a real, real boost for this rotation moving forward. And even though he didn't get the win, it was good to see Zach Plesak uh, go the way he did. He's had a tough time of it, uh, Jensen, but he really bared down yesterday. Yesterday, and even though they didn't, he, the team got the win. Uh, he's got to feel good about that, uh, Mikey. He probably felt like he got thirty runs of support, and when he got three, <laughs> considering that it's been it's been tough for him. But yeah, I really admire the player for his fortitude because mentally, that's a real easy time to just say it's not my year, and I'm I'm just not going to be the lucky one. And and I really feel that down the stretch here, you look at him, you of course look at Bieber, uh, guys that have been there and had to pitch meaningful innings in September. They're going to need him, and and the fact that he stayed the course and and really been a team player, I just think it says so much more about ZP than people realize. Jensen, they're not going to have him this weekend. James Karinchek, we we've talked about that this week as because of the COVID uh, situation, he did not get vaccinated, and Canada won't let you in uh, to the country unless you have been vaccinated. Thus, but I still want to talk with you about him. Class A, we know he's an All Star. Guys, he's been great. Karinchek has been brilliant now over what his last twelve games. I wanted to ask you though. Is his demonstrative activity after he gets the side out, is that brushing up against the baseball code of conduct? I, I think it's this day and age now, Mikey. Uh, you know, I hearken back to a, a guy named Jose Lima. You, we all remember Lima time when uh, he would celebrate a strikeout in the second inning like it was, you know, the final out of, of Game 7 of the World Series. So uh, this is this is where some of these guys are. And in these critical situations, you know, the bases loaded situation that he got out of, I got no problem with it because that's the ball game right there. So I, I know that there's some people that are like, I just, I, I think it's a bit much. Uh, but this is where this is where people are right now. I'm actually fine with it, but I just wonder in the baseball parlance, you know, could that end up one of his teammates getting, you know, hit by a pitch down the road? That's all uh, I'm it, saying. Yeah, if it does, uh, we got too many guys that throw 95 plus that it, you know, eye for an eye, if you will. So, uh, uh, you know, throw at your own risk if if those other people on on the opposing side are going to take that personally. Make a good point. So many times we these athletes, we want to see emotion, we want to hear more out of them, we want to hear stuff, and then when they kind of overreact, some people are like, well, you know, you can't be doing that. It's true. A fine, it's a fine line. That is true. It is. Yeah, it's a fine. Totally line. agree. Mm-hmm. All right, we got Toronto for the weekend. Big homestand the next week, right? Tigers are back here on Monday. Have we? Yeah, we got, uh, I believe it's a rock and blast, uh, next week too. So, uh, a critical series this weekend, especially knowing that you've got Minnesota, uh, in Chicago with some softer uh, opponents that they'll be facing. So uh, if you take two out of three here, wow, that's going to be an awesome road trip. All right. 707 tonight. Got an afternoon game tomorrow and Sunday as well. What's your schedule on balance? Yeah. We'll see you guys 630 tonight. We'll be at 230 on Saturday with a 307 start and then your standard 12. Uh, thir- or excuse me, 1 o'clock, I should say, on Sunday. Next Thursday, we'll all be out at Quill Hollow helping raise money for Guardians Charities, too, right? 
Yep, I'll be there. I'll see you guys early in the morning. That'll be a fun one. There I'll you schedule go. you at 5.50 on Thursday morning. <laughs> yeah, we got you scheduled. You did, we you, got our, well, you did get that note from Scooter, right? Oh, yes. Uh, let me go. Yeah. Early, scroll, maybe uh, 9 o'clock. <clears throat> that, well, for you, no. it's early, right? Yeah, I'll scroll back through the text. Thanks, Scooter. Yeah, Appreciate scroll that. Back, then you can go practice your putting a little bit. We'll, <laughs> we'll see you next week. Thanks, Jensen. All right, thanks, boys. Thank you, you buddy. Jensen Lewis, Valley Sports. Our coverage tonight with the Union Home Mortgage Guardians game day starts at 6. First pitch, 7.07 tonight against Toronto. Carl Willis, of course, pitching coach for your Guardians, your fan fact for the morning. Cleveland's Morning News with Wills and Steiner. This is Bill Wills. Good morning. What's new to watch this weekend besides our sports teams? Bring in our entertainment guy, Jason Nathanson on Twitter, ABC News. Jason, all right, jumping right here on a couple of things up. Streaming up first, a, a league of their own, Prime Video, right? you're a fan of the 1992 movie uh, and who wasn't? I'd like to meet somebody who was not a fan of that movie because it was so <laughs> right. good. Uh, and, and this is a series now on Prime Video. All eight episodes are out today. It takes place in the same area. It's the Rockford Peaches once again. Different women, different storylines and they get a lot more into the race and sexuality of these women that the movie kind of skirted around and never really got into. But these are very important issues, especially in 1940s America. Sure. So I, the, I really like how the, the it gets into that but keeps the humor. They, they always know that, okay, just like the, the original movie, the comedy is front and center along with the baseball. All right, that's out this weekend. Now, uh, Hurricane Katrina caused so much death and destruction. Uh, we know some of the stories. We saw some of the coverage that played out at hospitals. There's actually an Apple TV uh, Plus thing about that, too, out, right? Yeah, it's called Five Days at Memorial. It's based on the book by Sherry Fink that did a lot of exhaustive reporting on what happened at this one hospital after, you know, you know, the, the hospital survived the actual hurricane okay, but we know the flooding, right? That right. was the real damage right. that came in. And what this hospital went through in the five days after the hurricane hit is just devastating. It is, this is a horror series, even though it really happened to these people. The settings, the darkness, the heat, the everything that they went through, and, and ultimately, they couldn't get all these patients out, and doctors had to make really terrible ethical decisions for which some of them were actually charged, and a lot of people died. Uh, this is a, it's, it's really tough to watch this, but it is really almost required viewing to find out what's going on in this country and what happened in this. Uh, ABC News, Jason, follow him on Twitter, always some good stuff. Jason, thanks for your time, have a good weekend. Take care, you too. Jimmy Malone show up next. Got a chance for you to be in Vegas to see Luke Combs and a bunch of other people at the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Get ready. You'll hear the word to a text to 200-200. This is Bill Wills. Thanks for being there. Have a good week.